Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. Zozo! Oh. <laughs> oh my god, get me out of here. I know, all we've done is moan this week to each other. No, we? I think we've reached like boiling point. We definitely have in this house. Everything was going fine. I was really focusing on the positives and I think we're start that like the cracks are really starting to show um in the family dynamic and even though there are some really amazing moments we were just looking out the window and seeing the girls play together they're like playing role play at like with schools it's really sweet oh. between Dulder and I there was like aggressive like plate slamming going on last night and like passive aggressive conversations about how to discipline the kids and you know the fact that he finds it much easier to be sort of stricter and when Dozer says something they need to do it but that sort of shocks them and I don't like it and then we had this massive row and I'd had a fucking hell of a day with the three of them alone trying to homeschool Isla as well because Dozer had to go and get our bed and sofa from Chelp like it was a nightmare day and then I was like why are we spending our evening rowing when all I want to do is sit and have a kiss and like drink a glass of wine it was ridiculous yeah it, I, I said to you didn't I we have exactly the same argument we actually don't argue about anything else other than how to discipline the kids well kid we don't really discipline yeah. Gigi. yeah <laughs> it's, it's our main argument and we never really used to have it that much before um but I think being in each other's pockets 24 hours a day seven days a week I mean it's just not a natural situation to be in is it I think everyone's row <laughs> yeah I I think they probably are it's not something that you ever really speak about because you kind of want to keep your relationship sacred but at the end of the day this is this is the truth and yeah I know I, so it's a funny argument to have because I, I know what he's saying and I get what he's saying and I back him but then because it's so different to me because I'm kind of what you see is what you get with me I'm not I don't I'm not very good at disciplining them I, and I and I absolutely agree that discipline is essential and the kids need boundaries but I definitely oh, yeah. think, I definitely don't have that flick of a switch where one minute I'm really happy and laughing and the next minute I'm like right bang get in the bath and it's like it's a, it's a strange one yeah I, I get it completely I'm rubbish I just I don't actually think you know that angry emotion mm. I think I missed it <laughs> <laughs> I think when I was born they missed they, I missed it. I, I don't get it. Because I, I, I mean, I can probably count on like two hands the amount of times I think I've actually felt angry in my life. Like, I don't 
get angry. I just don't get that angry thing. I just, I can, I, you know, I can get annoyed with someone and I can get upset with someone, but I never get that like, you know, that rage where you can suddenly be like, stop doing it. <laughs> I just don't, I just don't have it. I can pretend, but I just don't have it. But James really has it. Like you're, you're trying to bring up your kids together. And at the end of the day, you're just in a relationship with one another. It's not a perfect, it's not a perfect kind of um, combination some of the time. So you have to be no. able to give each other, you know, the support. And I get all of that. But I think sometimes when you're knackered and one of you wants to do it one way and the other person wants to do it another way and there's nowhere to go, it's like this yeah. perfect storm and suddenly you're rowing for no reason. And I think that's that's where we were last night. And I think, I, I mean, people, people that are listening to this, I hope you're nodding as well because it's fucking hard <laughs> it is so hard but our episode today is not going to be a wrap round with your husband <laughs> don't worry although that should be an episode actually oh maybe God. we should be doing that yeah it's a good one isn't it g it is um today we are going to be chatting to a play expert is that what we'd call her yeah. um she used to be a teacher and she knows everything and anything there is about playing with your kids and how to get them to play and learn at the same time Georgia and I have kind of been going through the f- through the emotions of feeling um are we giving them enough during lockdown and how many activities should we doing should we be doing with them and obviously you're seeing this sort of perfect world on Instagram where people are sitting down yeah. to make like cardboard houses and you're like I don't even have a piece of cardboard in the house let alone a fucking brick stick <laughs> um so like this this chat we really wanted to have you know for ourselves but also to kind of help you guys listening to come up with some ideas on easy things that you can do that don't take that long um and um you know that will keep the kids entertained so today Georgia who are we chatting to we have got the lovely Claire from Play Hooray Okay, so as we are entering the fifth week in lockdown today, we thought it was absolutely essential that we speak to a child specialist who has the most fantastic Instagram following. She knows how to entertain children at home. Um, she's such a lovely person. She's a mutual friend of um, Expect the Best, Chris and Rose. It's Claire Russell from Play Hooray. Claire, hello. Oh, hello. That was very lovely. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, Claire. Um, we've been, you know, we've been wanting to get you on for a while and it seems that lockdown has worked in our favor again which is great (laughs) for people who don't know you do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself yeah sure um so yeah I'm I'm Claire um an earlier specialist so previously a teacher before I had my little boy Uh, Mason is five now and I'm also currently expecting our second in September oh yay Um, congratulations (laughs) thank you I think this is why I look so tired all the time (laughs) Um, and yeah so I run Play Hooray I've been running it for about four years now and it's um, best described as an online community. It's mainly Instagram and Facebook. And on there, it's where I support parents to keep their babies and little ones entertained. In It's as easy as possible and using items from around the house. So you don't have to go buy more. And yeah, just keeping it very realistic without piling on the guilt, basically. I'm just happy to help as many parents as possible. So a lot of 
I share ideas, but I will also share advice and tips and spend all day in my DMs <laughs> answering people's questions. And um, just tell me, Claire, when you were teaching, was this always something that you wanted to do? Um, and I guess, have you obviously kind of, you've picked up tips, uh, you know, across the years that you've been doing it, but were you running both lives? Were you a teacher and had you started Play Hooray? Because that seems like quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. It was never the plan, dare I say. There's no business plan. I'm holding my hands up now. Um, so what happened? I had um, I was working in like a senior management level at a large school in Bristol at the time and um, found out that we were expecting and had my little boy and I loved being at home with him uh, on my maternity leave. Although I must confess, I found it a lot harder than I was expecting and um, a lot of my friends and family actually don't live in Bristol. They lived a good three hours away. So I was finding during my, I loved being at home with my precious little baby, but my goodness, the days were long and quite often lonely. And I was, I did find it quite tricky. So I started using play and all my expertise as a teacher and early years and understanding child development. I sort of used play to help me bring routine to the day, keep my baby busy, all that sort of keeping my mind stimulated. And um, yeah, it was it was never the plan. And then it, it came to the time to make the decision about returning to work. And I, I just felt like I wasn't ready and always had the intention of returning into teaching. But at the time decided just I just wanted a little bit longer with my baby. So um Chosen the school I was working, I have to say, weren't um, particularly flexible. Let's just say that with um, with mum. So there was no um, working part time option or anything. It was full time or nothing, which was made very clear to me. So I decided. No, that's shocking. Oh, we yeah. hear that so much as well. It's like we 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 had um, Anna Whitehouse on the podcast. Is obviously our sort of flex appeal specialist. We talked about that a lot. That employers need to be more flexible when it comes to um, people that have had babies and want to try and make it all all work. And you shouldn't be ashamed of the fact that you want to spend time with your with your new baby <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. I know I, I've watched I've watched and followed Anna for a long time with a lot of admiration and yes it's um it's so true and yeah I was I was so sad to leave the school but I just just wasn't, wasn't ready and there was a lot of that as actually at the time that ended up leaving around the same time for the for similar reasons for having a family and then um, yeah so then it was it was never the it was always that I'd go back to teaching just wanted a little bit longer with my baby and started sharing what the photos of what I was doing with Mason at home ma mainly because friends or family had asked about the activities that I was doing with him and like oh I like your ideas and that sort of stuff and started sharing it online on Facebook and Instagram as you do this is what I'm doing and it just sort of grew from there and then um, about six months down the line I'd made myself some activity cards called play prompts of ideas that I could use at home using stuff that I that I could like flick the kettle on and go and grab and I knew I could set it up and keep him busy because fortunately my <laughs> my baby never slept I was one of those oh, so no. I, was, <laughs> I was also always surviving on a distinct lack of sleep so um yeah even sometimes the basic tasks become very tricky when you're exhausted and so I thought oh if I jot down the ideas those days that I'm tired I know I could just grab something keep him busy and I could just sit with a cup of tea and just get a moment to myself. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Claire, I just wanted to interject and just go back to your point about the importance of play. You know, Georgia and I hear this a lot, actually, that, um, you know, the whole kind of ethos behind playing. As adults, we 
you know, we, we start off as kids and we've got no inhibitions and we run around and we're silly and we're dancing and we're, we're interacting, we're playing without that level of like consciousness. And then as we get older, even adults, you know, we forget how to be silly. We forget how to play and we forget how to play with our children or we don't know how to. So why is it so important to remember to play? Yeah, it's and I just wanted to, to add as well that it's um, if you do find it hard to play with your little ones, not you're not the only one you won't believe how many messages I receive from parents who just find it really hard like you say sometimes it's uh they find it hard to be silly they find it hard to switch off from work or phones whatever and get down on the floor and it can be actually you presume because we were once children that we all would know how to play with our kids but actually it's just it's just not the case and it can be it can be really difficult so I do you yeah you're definitely not alone and I, I do have some tips that I could share of that could help you to play but just to say that yeah play is oh it's amazing and the more I've always been passionate about it when I was teaching young children at school but it's only since I've had my baby and watched him develop and use play um, that I've really begun to appreciate just how amazing it is and it's just um, I think sometimes it can be uh, almost like overlooked and used as more like a time filler go and go and play before your dinner's ready and go do this but actually the learning that goes on you know we hear so much about children not being active enough and spending too long on screens and we hear all this in the media but then they don't really tell us the alternative do you need to guide your children to show them how to play well that's it it's about I think particularly there are certain skills of children being able to concentrate, children being able to play independently, you know, when they constantly want you to sit and play with them, um, particularly when it's the same game over and over again. I mean, it's tedious for us all, but it's, yeah, you do actually have to teach your children, which is something that can be easily overlooked. And just, um, so something like teaching them how to concentrate, you have to build it up slowly over time, but it's amazing how much children learn just by watching us as well and how much they're picking up about the world around them and it's just an amazing way that children can practice all the skills that they're learning they can master them they can grow in confidence they become creative it's just so good not only for their bodies and keeping children active but for their brain development too there's just so much that goes on when it comes to play and all the connections that are made in the brain just make it so much easier for children then when they go to school and they are have, having to learn large amounts of information so yeah I'm very <laughs> very passionate about getting kids playing and also that like I say it doesn't need to cost a lot of money you, have, you to set up play it doesn't need to be Pinterest worthy it doesn't need to be inter- Instagram worthy you know it doesn't have to be a pretty picture it really it really can be a box and a pen or you know the basic of stuff um, I think sometimes that can put people off as well because I know play is um growing in popularity on on social media and things but it doesn't always have to be the prettiest (laughs) I think there's quite a lot of pressure actually on the modern parent to always come up with you know there's activity after activity after activity and 
I have a playroom here and I some I sometimes walk into it and look at it and go, oh my God, I don't know what to, to get out. It's overwhelming. Imagine a three-year-old or a four-year-old, um, you know, or my son is two walking into it. I can imagine for them, it's even more overwhelming. So we kind of just walk out and then we're like, right, let's just do painting again. And the monotony of that is, is, is kind of hard. And I think a lot of parents can probably relate to that, that actually we don't necessarily know what to do because <laughs> I'm not a teacher. I didn't really concentrate at school. You know, I don't really remember my preschool years obviously but so it's, it's really challenging that's why people like you is so important I think because you can kind of give us those tips and hints and show us what what to do yeah well I'm just I'm very conscious and like you say about the playroom you know I think we all feel like we're drowning in toys and the, the children have so many toys yet they still complain that they're bored and the the you know you think right well I must head to Argos and go by the contents of Argos to keep them that'll keep them busy <laughs> And then it doesn't, it doesn't. And it's just a cycle. And also, it's only when I had my own baby, I realized how, how expensive toys were. I had no idea. So yeah, we spend all this money and then it doesn't actually keep them entertained. <laughs> so yeah, that's sort of what I'm here for is just to, um, yeah, particularly that feeling of thinking that you need to buy more toys. It's, it's not necessarily the case, but also just that, quite often the simpler the better um you know and actually just pulling out a few of those because it can be overwhelming for children it's a bit like us you know going to a gorgeous I don't know ice cream shop or a chocolate shop or something you know when there's so much choice that you sometimes you almost end up going or I don't know an ice cream shop you always end up choosing the flavor that you know because actually there's so much choice you don't want to waste it you don't want to get it wrong so you go to your old favorite anyway um and it can quite often happen the same with children that I, I hear that, you know, we've got all these toys, but he plays with the same toy over and over again. Yes. <laughs> I was just going to say, actually, how do you encourage your kids to do different activities? So, for instance, Axel, he's come, he'll be four in August and he's always been really into cars and sort of playing with, you know, stuff with wheels. But when it comes, which is great and I love it, he can get lost in play doing that kind of thing for ages, which is lovely. But then when I try to get him to be a bit more creative and, you know, I want to sit down with him and do some painting or some, you know, cutting and sticking, he just doesn't have the interest or concentration. So how do you sort of go about knowing what, you know, what your child sort of likes doing and then guiding them into trying something else? Yeah, so there's there's sort of two points to it. So first of all, you know, children aren't going to like every type of play. My son was never that fussed about Play-Doh. And I mean, Play-Doh is amazing. And <laughs> I used to be like, come on. And he was just, he was just not interested. And it's, it's the same for us adults, you know, we don't all like the same hobbies. So First of all, if your child isn't showing an interest in a certain type of play, you've just got to leave it. Try it again in six months' time or so, or maybe in a different setting. If When they go to school, you might find that they'll play with it there, but not at home or whatever. So don't push it, because if you put pressure on, we know that they, they will dig in their heels. And play is meant to be enjoyed without any pressure. So... First of all, yeah, if there's something that they're not interested in, just leave it. Monday, they may be, they may not, but they're still getting loads of skills, whatever type of play they're doing. And then the monotonous play, like you say, I've, yeah, mine's a vehicle fan as well for a long time. We've been vehicle fans. Um, is that, yeah, that's actually the key. The fact that you see that your, your little one, um, Axel, I think you said, is really into his vehicles. So if that's his interest, 
that's his spark. So some children might have an interest like that of dinosaurs or animals or fairies, and that's that's their thing. Other children, it might be an actual type of play. So it might be rolling things or it might be building towers with things. So it can be a type, of, like a, a theme of play. So is once you've noticed that, that's the biggest thing is actually noticing, like really watching your child and see when they do play, when they are having those moments of playing on their own or choosing their own play, really watch what they're doing. And like you said, your little one's into vehicles. So what I do then is stick with that theme. I know it's really <laughs> tedious for us. I mean, I've, I have been the car park attendant many a time, so don't worry. But just so stick with that theme and then bring in the other types of play as well. So I imagine with, with vehicles, it's a lot of role play and pretend play and stuff. But then you can also, you can still, particularly if they're plastic vehicles, you know, you can have them in a water tray. You can put them in shaving foam. You can drive them through paint. You can roll them over lumps of Play-Doh and look at the tracks. You know, it's, it's sticking with his interest and then bringing in other types of play. So it's almost like dangling in the carrot and then you can still try something I've done it many times with mace and thought oh, I'll set up this really cute little sensory box with these little farm animals in and he would always go and get his diggers and just you know push the animals out and that <laughs> and that's fine because it's something that they're interested in they're more likely to stick at it and play and be motivated and concentrate if it's something that they're actually interested in rather than like you said it can get really frustrating for us for parents setting something up and then either they look at it and trash it or they look at it and then just walk off and it can be quite disheartening but actually if you can try and link it to something that they're interested in they are more likely to practice all those all those skills and all that learning will still happen. Do you know what, Claire? I think I find it difficult because I've got um, I've got three. My eldest is my stepdaughter. She comes to us half the time she's six. And then I've got my, my f actual f first daughter, Luna. And I played with her loads because it was just, you know, me and her and it, I could give her my focus. And then Kit came along, who's two. And he's kind of just slotted in, you know, he kind of just has to, he played like George's Axel, he plays with his vehicles and his dinosaurs and there's a few things that he likes. And then the other day I was like, oh, I found this Duplo that I used to do with Luna. And me and Kit sat down and played for like an, a good hour building towers. And I thought, do you know what? He's two. I have never done this with him. And this horrible guilt just came. And I thought, have I been neglecting my youngest? You know, because when you've got three in the house, you kind of just have to, they all have to just get on with it a little bit. There's not that much dedicated time to play, is there? But he loved it. Yeah, no, and that's, and please don't feel the guilt. I'm saying this all day, every day. Just don't feel, you know, we're going to feel guilty, whatever. Um, if, you're, if you're playing with your youngest, you're going to feel guilty about the eldest. We're always going to beat ourselves up because we care and we love our children. But it's just to say that just think he will have, he will have been observing the other children in the house and watching how to play. And he will have got all those social skills and all those learning and play skills from them. And you will have been playing because you'll have been supporting him in lots of other ways. You know, the conversations you have at dinner time, the commentary, it's all going on. Yeah, the way he watches his sisters as well. I mean, you, you can tell he loves painting. And I do that. I did that a lot with Isla and Luna. And Kit absolutely adores getting messy and painting. And then, he, you know, he's so proud of it. When he finishes it, he's like, dare, dare, and holds them up. And I'm like, it's amazing. So, I mean, it doesn't, you know, it just, just looks like he's flick paint on a paper. But that, that's what it is, isn't it? So, it's really, yeah, it is. I guess you're right. But it's just hard, isn't it? Because you want to give them each dedicated amounts of time. But as they're at different stages, it's very hard. Six, 
three and two they all require oh, a different level of attention yeah definitely and you know I'm I'm gonna have a five-year-old and a, a newborn so I'm <laughs> <laughs> I will be I might be getting in contact for some tips as well but I think it's just it's just that remembering and particularly I get a lot of messages from from mainly new mums who have just had a had a baby and maybe they used to spend a lot of time playing with the, the the other sibling and then the baby comes along and they're conscious that all of a sudden that sibling's spending longer on screens and not playing like they used to. And I always remind them, you know, this is, you're in survival mode at the minute. It's it's just, and if so be it if they're watching a bit more screen time. My goodness, my son's come out with stuff and I think, where's he learned that from? And I think it's TV. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's the, the quality of what's available for our children on screens these days is really good. And so be it if they do have a little bit more screen time and you're not playing like you used to, because I always say, it will come, it will come back. You will get to do those activities again. But in the meantime, and particularly now when we're on this really difficult stage of all our lives, it's about it's about surviving and getting through the day and having a baby in the house. You know, it's it's not easy. It really isn't. So try not to look back and think, oh, I, well, I used to do this because you're in a very different situation now. And and just not to beat yourself up about it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I know. I feel like that with Gigi. Like she just watches what Axel does. She's ten months old and she just kind of plays by watching him and she's happy at the moment but yeah I mean maybe when he eventually goes back to preschool I might get a bit more time to play with her again yeah but um what I wanted to ask was so as with probably a lot of parents who relied on nursery and school to do like all of that like crafty um you know a bit more like interactive um sort of activities at school and preschool what sort of kits should we have at home like what things should we be you know be buying because I know like paints and stuff I never get paints out at home because I just rely on preschool to do that with him (laughs) but now all of a sudden I'm like right I should get some we should do that what things should we have in our kits that we can just pull out um to play with our kids okay well First of all, you're not the only one. And I've done it myself. You know, I'm early years and passionate about play. But I used to, when Mason, my little boy was little, you know, there's some days, particularly when you're tired, you don't fancy making more of a mess than you have to deal with. And if you rely on those messy play classes for your little one to go and get messy, that's that's absolutely fine. And I highly recommend that because... Yeah, like I said, when you're already running on empty, it's really hard to think, oh, let's, you know, let's make a whole mess that they're maybe going to play with for 10 minutes. And then the clear up is is hard work. So first of all is, you know, if if you do rely on a school setting or or a class or something like that, then that's normal. <laughs> that's fine. And that's 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 always what I recommend. Um, but particularly if you're wanting to do a bit more at home, like you say, now that the children are at home all day every day and it's getting a bit groundhog day um first of all my biggest tip would be to have some sort of I absolutely love um an under the bed storage box I don't know if you know what I mean like a clear quite deep 10 15 centimeters they come with lids on they're normally about 3.99 they don't they don't cost a lot um but something like that can be a real godsend they can be awesome because you can they're so versatile that you can have a water tray, a sensory box, shaving foam, even just putting animals in there, Play-Doh. They're so versatile that you can do 
all sorts of different types of play. You can whack the lid on if you want to, you know, put it away for a while and bring it out the next day. Um, and also, while the weather is looking better and is on our side at the moment, as and where you can take the mess outside, if you've got an outdoor space, take it outdoors. It just makes um, clearing up a lot easier. Or I do say an empty bath or shower tray works just as well for containing the mess. Good place to do painting, all that sort of messy stuff, um, I would highly recommend. So I'd always say about having some sort of tray, uh, because you can get the tough spots, which are the big black trays that I use a lot in my activities. However, they can be quite big. So I'm very conscious not everyone wants to commit to one of those. Um, so I, I'd always say one at, like the under the bed storage box, because then it, it doubles up for st actually storing toys in and things as well, uh, but really versatile. And then other things I don't think you need to buy. You know, I think a lot of it is about using what you've got. So spoons, scoops, all those stacking cups, you know, turn them over. They're great for filling and emptying. Anything like that in a sensory box or with water is just can really can be a lifesaver. And what's, what's in a sensory box? A sensory box, Claire. Oh, sorry, that's me presuming. Um, so it's, a sensory box is a lot like you'd maybe get with um, messy play. So maybe a box with um, porridge oats in, or maybe some lentils. It's normally you know the dregs of what's hiding at the back of your pantry. Yes. All those, <laughs> all the ends of the cereal boxes that never get finished but get a bit soft. Um, all those sorts of ones is emptying them into a box so yeah pasta rice now I know it's not a good time for it actually because obviously um, food supplies are very low some people that have been following me for a while will have uh, stocks of these that they reuse time and time again but like I say water anything like water um, works really lovely so it's those sorts of sensory items even shredded paper um, We've got a blossom tree outside that's all the leaves, all the beautiful petals are being blown off because of the wind. Scooping those up and putting those in a box to play with are just as What, what do they do, though? Do they just fill them with their hands? Sorry, I have never done this. Yeah. So I don't know. Do they no, just fill no. them with their hands? Well, and you can do all sorts with it. So it's really nice to do. It's, it's a bit like an alternative to water play, basically. But you could do it, yeah, just feeling it and touching it. The idea is that you're giving children different sensory experiences so it's different textures and things for them to touch any bits and pieces you can find out you know sticks pine cones all those sorts of things are lovely to use with children that aren't tasting anymore and that's why often sensory boxes used with younger ones are food-based items because if they're still tasting their play so that's testing everything in their mouths yeah so quite often if you're doing multiple age children and you have younger ones there who would taste you would want a food-based um thing so that's like the porridge oats and that but with um children that are maybe a little bit older yeah using natural items or any any bits and pieces you've got around the house can be really nice and yeah whether they're just feeling them or whether they're using scoops to fill up little pots, you know, a lot of emptying. You see, we see children filling and emptying little pots and all those, whether it's yogurt pots or um, if you've got some pots and pans and pretend cooking with it, it's all that sort of stuff. Because there's actually a lot of mathematical understanding that goes on when we see a child with water or with a sensory box filling and emptying and pouring it out and filling it up again and all that repetitive play. Actually, they're learning about shape and space and volume and overflowing and what happens if I pour it? Does it always fall to the bottom? And so it's that sort of, it's what we call cause and effect. If I do this, 
what happens. And they're actually testing lots of different things. So they're gaining loads of skills. So when we see a child with a bucket of water with some um, tubs and spoons, whatever, um, it's easy to think, oh, that'll keep them busy. It normally does. But actually, there's loads of maths going on there as well. They're predicting, they're guessing, they're tr- testing. It's all that sort of stuff's going on. So it can actually be really good. And then obviously, it's all that practice for their hands. It's all the um, physical development as well. There's, there's just loads of benefits to lots of different types of play. So we'll be back right after this. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Baffled, a brand new podcast bringing you some amazing facts that are complete nonsense. Imagine the likes that, that would get on Instagram, you having a quick one up a lamppost on the moon. Incredible. So you basically <laughs> saying the reason the dinosaurs stopped living is because they all collectively made a decision to have no more children. Oh, they're talking, I think until 10 years ago, I, I still shared the bathwater that my parents were in. You can find us wherever you got this podcast. Just search for Baffled Amazing Facts. Now, let's pick up where we left off with our wonderful guest. Claire, do children with, because um, a lot of children have a thing about mess. Um, both mm-hmm. mine went through it um, on their hands. They had, you know, for, for a while they were, they didn't like having any dirt or any muck or, you know, they'd get into it and then they'd sort of freak out a little bit. Is that quite natural yeah. normal? Yeah. So you seem to get children um, of two extremes. Mine was the one that I could he was always grubby and filthy <laughs> and would, would just dive on in you know if you go to the messy play classes he'd be the first in and be head to toe in it and then there's those children that yeah like you say they get it on their hands and they just they it's almost once they realize it's there they can get a bit uncomfortable so with that what I always suggest is um again like always with all the play activities you do not to put any pressure on but start with a bucket of water good old bucket of water and let them play with that and then maybe um, build it up over time so if you have the bucket of water and always have maybe a tea towel or wipes or something so they mm. know what, that when they're done they can dry themselves off and then build it up over time so maybe have a little bowl of petals or a little bowl of pom-poms or buttons or something that they could add to the water but they can add it when they're ready so because obviously things like sponges and pom-poms have a very different feeling when they get wet 
Um, so having some resources to hand that they could add to the water if they want to, and then you can build it up. So you can you might then want to add in a little bit of food coloring so the water's different color to normal. You might want to add in some bubbles or maybe some shaving foam where it's quite an unusual texture. So I would start with water and then build it up over time with different, and always have that towel there so that, okay, I'm uncomfortable now, not happy. They know right. that they can Good dry tip. themselves off. Yeah, yep. and then... I would always suggest um, st to still attend the messy play classes if you've got one in your local area. I know they're not on at the moment, but fingers crossed they should all be back on once things get a bit more back to normal. Is that I say, particularly those parents whose little one maybe sit at the edge and they're not sure and they're not happy, is still still go and still attend because they can then observe the other children, which is an amazing way to learn, and they can watch that actually it's all right when the other children are head to toe in it and they're okay and they're fine. And often it'll help them to, to build their confidence. But yeah, like I said, just try and do it with, with no pressure and, and build it up steadily rather than almost chucking them in. <laughs> if you get what I mean. Yeah. Cause it was definitely, um, Kit is, is sounds like Mason sounds like your little boy. Um, he just loves getting mucky and he's straight. We've got this sort of patch in the garden, which we've turned into a mud pie, um, oh. they just make he just makes yeah. my eyes the whole day he just sits there feet covered face covered hands covered and he loves it Luna on yeah. the other hand my little girl you know she'll get involved a little bit but she doesn't like getting any dirt or any mud or anything like if she gets a bit of water on her hand she's like uh uh water and it's like it's just water don't worry about it it's really weird how yeah. different they are so yeah I'm definitely yeah. gonna I, I, that's a really good tip for me actually I should probably do more of that with her and she's actually yesterday we did painting and she covered herself in it and I was really relieved that she wasn't panicking about it yeah, I have the same with Axel though. Like, he doesn't like getting anything on his hands. Really? Anywhere else, he's fine. Like, not bothered if it's, like, covered in mud on his head or his feet. But his hands, he just... it's Yeah, the, the second we start doing painting, he's got to clean his hands again. Yes. And then, you know, the second he even goes into the garden and is, like, getting mud on his hands, he's got to go and clean them. Mm. It's, it's, it's really strange. I was just thinking, um, Claire, what you were saying about the water activity and maybe trying to do something like that with him. But I don't know how I would position it to him. You know, like, come outside and play with this bucket of water. He'd probably look at me like, no thanks, mum. Like, I'm all right. But obviously, I want to encourage him to do that kind of thing. But he probably would look at me like, I'm not going to go and play with a bucket of water. I feel like I need to jazz it up to be something else. <laughs> so I would, the best advice was, I would always say, if you set up any sort of activity, Rather than inviting the child, you know, do you want to come and play? I would always <laughs> either <laughs> either leave it out for them, for them to find and do with it themselves. You know, he may just go over, find the bucket and tip it upside down and just pour out the water, which is fair enough. Or he might use it to water the garden or, you know, he might choose to do something with it. Or the alternative is for you to sit and play and not not say a word, but let them find, discover you, start playing. Because quite often children like to do what you're doing. And even if it is, you know, their plastic plates and cups um, in a bowl of soapy water with a little sponge, just washing yeah. them up like like you normally do and letting them, you know, a bucket, a bucket of soapy water goes a long way with little kids and then let them join in. I was going to say, actually, go, going back to you saying about them not liking things on their hands, another tip that can be quite useful is during mealtimes, just watch what you're doing yourself at mealtimes. Are you, if they make a mess, you know, if they're having, I don't know, whatever, and they're getting it all over themselves, 
if if you are quite quick to wipe them down between every time they get their hands dirty or their faces dirty or wiping down the tray or whatever it almost teaches our children that they need to be clean and we want them to be you know it's a good thing to be clean all the time so it's almost sending mixed messages so I would maybe, I, I mean, you may not, but it's quite often whenever I've mentioned it to parents, they're like, oh my goodness, yeah, I wipe, you know, I've got the wipes out as soon as they've had a yogurt, wipe the face, wipe the hands. But actually, in that blob of yogurt on the tray, if they drew in it with their finger and smeared it around a little bit, actually, that's painting and that's making marks and that's actually how they learn to draw. So maybe maybe try and resist wiping them down quite so quick you know we still want clean kids but maybe not quite so quickly and let them have that yogurt on their finger and let them splat it and smear it a little bit because actually then it's it's sort of um it's sending those messages that it's okay to get get a little bit messy and get and feel and touch all these different textures and things and then you might notice that they may feel a little bit more comfortable in their play. I love that, Claire. That's brilliant. So that's yeah. That's, I'm definitely. I, I I definitely did that. I'm just thinking to myself now. And as soon as they spill anything or do anything, like I'm just like wiping it off. I'm like, why do I do that? That's all about me, not about them. It's ridiculous. You don't even realise you're doing it as a parent, do no. you? Yeah. That's what I just. Yeah. You're so right. Axel probably sees me doing it with Gigi as yeah. well. Yeah. Like literally just cleaning her hands as you go along. And Claire, I wanted to ask you about kind of crafty activities for preschoolers. So, um, should there be some sort of structure in our days because obviously you know G and I've got Luna and, and Axel at home they're all sort of starting school you know fairly soon so should we be structuring their days or should we kind of have free flow play, play? um this is a tricky one <laughs> because I was very conscious when lockdown was announced um I saw a lot of people sharing their routines um quite structured routines and things and I purposely didn't share a routine and the reason why I didn't was I just felt that first of all I was a bit concerned that it we all had to go into survival mode and I was really keen for parents I was conscious that in a couple of weeks down the line it would just be another thing that we'd measure ourselves against if we hadn't managed to stick to a routine you know what I mean yeah. there's already going on without looking at this beautiful routine that you'd drawn and printed or whatever and thinking oh, I didn't stick to it. It's another way we're going to beat ourselves up. So I, I didn't share mine. And also, I didn't know what mine was going to be. My little boy had just started school. And yet, me and my husband work full time. I go live at 10 o'clock. I didn't know how I was going to manage that. So um, it was a bit of, we needed to work it out for ourselves. Now, children are going to be starting school soon in September. So what I did suggest to parents, particularly, you know, there are I'm maybe a little bit more spontaneous and we'll do things on a whim but I know that some people do like routine they do like to feel organized and it's the way that they cope with things and that's fair so what I always suggest is if your child is currently in some sort of childcare setting so maybe they've been at a nursery at a preschool or a childminder, or something like that is to try and mimic their routine of what they were doing now it doesn't need to be um, spot on to the time but just getting in that habit of after snack it's story time or you know just the there's just the way that the the rhythm of the day rather than the actual timing so um it just that just helped particularly the children suddenly stopping being in nursery that the day followed a similar pattern they knew after snack I'm gonna have a story and then maybe it's nap time and just getting into that routine and things so I think it's about finding your own routine and if there's one that you can copy 
um, or like mimic um, can really help with transitions. In terms of how many sort of arts and crafts activities or is it like one sensory play a day or what would you sort of recommend? Uh, it's Yeah, it's really hard. I don't really. <laughs> Sorry. It's hard to put a number on it. Um, I think just because... Um, it can really vary. Children's ages and abilities just vary so much. It's really hard to say. So what I what I would say is always having a couple of activities up your sleeve and thinking, you know, one for the morning, one for the afternoon. And then you're breaking up the rest of the day with by the time you've done nap, nap time, snack time, cuddle up in a story, a bit of maybe TV time or something like that. Um, so maybe having those, but always having in the back of your mind, you know, if, if things go wrong, if they're not interested in anything, I could get out that bucket of water or I could get out the big roll of paper or something like that. And also I always say to, um, my community that about if you do set something up, so for example, I don't know, maybe a little shop for them to play in and it maybe takes a little bit longer than normal to set it up by the time you've got the food and the tins out the cupboard and a few post-it notes with prices and a little pot of change, um, you know, that can stay out bearing, you know, I know it's tricky. It's not always realistic. Your lounge turns, ends up looking like a nursery, but you know, if you can leave that out, leave it out for two weeks, leave it out. Don't be thinking that you have to set up a brand new Pinterest worthy, you know, all singing, all dancing activity all day, every day you set something up, you leave it out for at least a week, if not two, you know, if you can, space depending and all that sort of stuff. We did the shop, Claire. The shop was an absolute win. We saw it. We saw it online somewhere and we did it. And both of my girls loved it. Of course, Kit just wanted to knock everything down, but the girls liked helping out and bringing things to to my husband and saying, daddy, this is 10p and this is 20. It was really good. It was a great activity. And, And like you said, we've had it out now for nearly two weeks. Yeah, that's it. Because, you know, when our children go to a nursery, they would have their things out for, you know, they have the home corner out for six months at a time and the children aren't complaining. So you're almost... By setting up too many activities, dare I say, you're always making a bit of a rod for your own back because the children begin to expect um, you to uh, to be entertained with all these different activities. But repeating things and leaving things out just allows children to return to them maybe when they're in a different mood. So if you've set up the shop and it doesn't go down so great, it's not a fail. Leave it out because they may be... T- they may be tired, they may be just not in the mood, they may be hungry, you know, there's so many other factors going on. But if you leave it out, they may come back to it first thing in the morning, be, you know, absolutely love it, engage in it for an hour or so. So I always say, try and if you do set something up, yeah, try and let them access it. Because if they do play with it, they're learning all the new skills and being able to return to it just means that they those skills are really embedded. They get quicker at those skills. They get more confident. They'll maybe try new things. So I don't, if you do the food shop and it's starting to, after a couple of weeks, they're getting a bit bored of it, take the food out and turn it into a pet shop or put the shoes in there, make it a shoe shop. You know, it doesn't have to be anything extravagant. It's just about adding maybe a new spark or a bit of novelty or something. So it's about, you know, keep it realistic and be easy on yourself as well, because you don't have to, I'm not, <laughs> I do, I do play hooray and I have a five-year-old and I'm not setting up sparkling activities <laughs> every day, I can assure you. Just, yeah, just to finish up Claire, so we've got like water play, we've got a shop idea, we've got, um, you know, like messy play with um, pasta or whatever you've got. What other go-to activities are up your sleeve? 
Okay, so regard it, um, just to go back to the shop one that you said, um, I, I do, I'm, I'm a big fan of children do it. So it's what we call role play or pretend play where children take on a character. So they get to be the shopkeeper or whatever. And they are really lovely. And I'm a big, big fan of children using role play because like I said at the beginning, you know, they, um, our children learn by watching us. So they want to do all those things, you know, us vacuuming the house, they think is the most interesting thing ever. And they love to copy us. And it's the way that they learn how the world works, basically, and how to socialize. So when they engage in that play, they're pretending to be you. You know, you are their role model. They idolize you. And so they want to be you. And they're practicing. So whether it's a shop or, or something like that. And so they're practicing all their social skills. They're practicing all their language. It's also like lots of storytelling. And it's a great way of getting lots of different ages to play. Because with the big kids, you know, you could get them making signs for the shop and post-it note price tags and getting a bit of money in there. And they're playing without even realizing that they're writing notes, which is actually practicing writing or they're dialing on the telephone and actually they're practicing their numbers. So it's a really great way of getting them practicing loads of amazing skills without them even realizing. Um, and lots of um, parents often ask me about how to start that. And I would always say, just like a nursery would they have the home corner is start with the home corner because that's where they see you the most so it might be you know how often have you seen your child my little boy does it and he takes off my husband and he'll walk around the garden on the phone pretending to be on the phone because that's how my husband does his business calls and um or sitting at the laptop I've even caught him blogging before um, but you know if you've got some pretend food or a little kitchen area or Whatever you do in the home, you know, you may work on a laptop, so they may want to pretend laptop, that sort of thing. Whatever you do is that they're copying you. So always start with a home corner, like the washing up, like the hanging the washing and making a, a little washing yeah. line. Or something. They just want to, le they're learning from you, so they want to be you. So start with a home corner and then introduce, then you can maybe start to introduce a sh some sort of shop or something like that. Uh, and it's just a really great way of getting the kids to play. So that is that's always my number one go to from a very young age. You can start getting them pretending, and they bring you a cup of tea, or they charge you a hundred pounds for a tin of baked beans. <laughs> 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 it's just what they do. But then um, I would also say anything on a big scale can be really great with kids. So whether that's a great big box, or if you've got a lovely you know, an old roll of wallpaper or yeah. uh, you, can get that, you can get the rolls of paper from Ikea for barely anything. They are fab because they just get children, um, particularly all those pre-writing skills. So it's learning how to make marks and stuff before they actually need to hold a pencil. Um, it's just get them working on a big scale where they're crawling, they can be driving their cars up and down it, they can make roadmaps, you know, it's really versatile. You can do their messy paints if you're in the mood for messy paints. Um, or they can just use it for lots of different ways of playing. So anything big where it gets our children using their bodies, practicing their bodies, learning yeah, how their bodies Yeah, it's not paint. sat at a table and saying paint. It's like putting a huge roll of paper on the floor and getting Let them to explore. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Because it's... I, I, the amount of times I hit, how do I get my toddler to sit down and learn? And it's... Um, <laughs> It's like, well, uh, you don't, <laughs> I'm afraid. And it's, 
you know they've got they've got the rest of the lives to sit at a desk and have to do their learning that way and particularly while they're young they're active they want to be on the move and the, it's the way that they learn so yeah all that all that big stuff is actually a really important step. just like when they go to the part and they're, they're on the climbing frame it's really important to do try and do some of the big stuff at home as well if you can and that could just be an obstacle course in the garden or even a salt course in the in the lounge with all the cushions on the floor yeah. something like that yeah because I think, like I was saying about, you know, we feel guilty when they're on the TV all the time, but the answer, you don't have to take them to the park every day. That's not what, play is an amazing way of getting our kids active. It's just getting their brains active. It's getting their brains to think. So yeah, anything big with big movements, great way of burning some energy and getting them to learn about how their bodies work and stuff. And then um, my other one would be probably construction. Construction, sort of, okay. Yeah. Some sort of building. Again, it's loads of maths and scientific understanding of balancing things and what happens when this happens. And that could be building with the usual blocks that you've got or even the boxes from the recycling, yogurt pots, anything like that. Some sort of um, construction can be really good fun. Construction. Okay, that's amazing. What just balancing. So we've obviously got loads of, Georgie, you've probably got the same in one corner of the kitchen is like all our recycling stuff. So what, just getting them to put the things on top of one another and see what happens. Yeah, so it's just like the kind of stuff that they do with Lego and Duplo. Um, any sort of building is really, really, really good for them. So if you've got if you've got some big boxes, get them building some really tall towers or towers of paper cups, building with whatever you've got, really. Um, I don't know, even pebbles out of the garden and building little towers with those and stuff. Just anything building, again, it's lots of physical, it's lots of, oh, I wonder what will happen if this, if I do this. And it's yeah. just getting them to think creatively. It's lots of problem solving as well. You know, I want to build a tower, but it's not, it keeps falling over. All right, how am I going to make it a bit sturdier? And it, it's just a really good way of getting kids to like think for themselves. We want our children to be independent thinkers without always relying on us. So construction and things like that are a really great way of getting kids to sort of think outside the box a little bit and solve their own, own problems for themselves. So if you are looking to expand your child's toys, maybe look at um, Lego and Duplo are always brilliant ones to go for, but there's actually lots of, there are lots of other stickle bricks and things like that that come to mind. There are uh, the magnet, I don't know if you've seen those magnetic tiles are quite popular at the minute, anything like that. There's, there's, they're really, um, there's quite a lot of lovely things available to children at the minute, in particularly in construction. It can be really good for them without having to spend a lot of money as well. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And um, Claire, obviously, I feel like we could chat to you all day. I just don't want you to go now because I'm like, I want to, <laughs> I feel like we need to throw it out to our followers to be like, ask Claire anything. We'll have to do a live with you. You're amazing. Um, at what age should we be sitting down our preschoolers to do, to practice their letters and their numbers? Um, are you going to shoot me if I say don't? <laughs> I know, no, I love that. That's brilliant. Really, don't, don't, don't yeah. worry about it. Don't worry about it, no. No. So, um, no, no, uh, I'm not saying don't do it at all, um, but the whole get, sitting them down, you know, think about, think about a cow and on a farm, you know, we wouldn't teach our children about cows and cows go moo without being at a farm and seeing them and looking at, at them in books and making the songs up and singing old MacDonald, you know, we wouldn't teach that. So to sit a child down to practice drawing numbers one to 10 it's just so abstract. It's really, it's really, it's a difficult concept as it is without, you know, the alphabet as well. So 
what we want to do from an early age is just we want to sort of immerse them in letters and numbers so when you're out and about you point out the numbers on the bus you point out the the letters in a sign Um, it's that sort of making it making it purposeful making them see there's a reason why you know um, I just I just need to read this recipe so I know how to make dinner you know you're showing them why you read and I'm just going to write shopping this so we don't forget this we need we need our children to see why we use numbers why we use letters and read and write and so lots of playing with them so having magnetic letters on the fridge um having them in you know the foam ones in the bath drawing them in the in the splash in the bean juice on the plate or whatever all that sort of just playing around with them is the best way to do it so my little saying is make play the priority and the abcs and the one two threes they'll fall into place they will come schools will teach them but you just by pointing them out in the environment counting when you climb the stairs playing around you know if you're in the bath play around with sounds and words as well you know like splash splish splash splosh blood all that sort of stuff is just learning that they can play with their voices and the words and the sounds that they can make. And um, lots of listening games as well are really good for them. You know, stop. What can you hear? What can you listen? Let's fine tune their listening so that then when they are learning to write and they need to hear the sounds for writing in the, with using phonics, they need to be able to hear those sounds in the words. So it's just about making it playful and meaningful to them. So like the shop, make your own little signs. Okay, they may, you know, they may have a go at making price signs and they don't quite look like the numbers, but we want them to believe that they do, that they can write that number. Because I don't know, I'm sure Axel does the same, but Luna's sort of holding her pen and then she's like, oh, look, I've written my numbers and it's just squiggles. I'm like, oh, wow, that's amazing. (laughs) She's so proud of herself and it just breaks my heart. I love it so much. Yeah, I mean, in terms of letters and numbers, Axel is great at like seeing the letters, knowing them because we do games, like you said. So like we've got like a big poster on the wall and we'll be like, right, run to the letter A and he'll run to it and like do stuff like that. And we play Skittles in the garden and we have numbers on them so he knocks over the numbers but if it comes to like writing it down he's just like nah nah you're right (laughs) they're still three years old aren't they it's like the pressures of society make us think that we by the time our kids go to school they have to be you know reading and writing it's like no I don't I I just want them to play like you said Claire it's so important for them to just feel that freedom and lose their inhibitions and do what they want and get messy and have fun and giggle and that, that that's what life is right I want to do yeah. that to be fair. yeah yeah definitely <laughs> and like I always say is that particularly with um there's our alphabet and our numbers for some reason are on a bit of a pedestal at the minute and it's this sort of you know once they've learned that I, I once met with a lady and she said okay I've taught my three-year-old she knows her she knows how to count to 20 she knows the number she can write the letters what do I teach her next (laughs) you know and I was like well can does she speak to other children does she can she share can she um does she know how to be kind you know there's there are a lot more skills our children need to be able to practice and know not you know that okay it helps in school if they got the letters and the numbers but there's also an awful lot that can't be measured that are just as important and like you say it's about keeping it meaningful keeping it fun and they will come they 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 do they always do they will come our schools are amazing places and the children will get it so particularly while they're at home with you and while they're so young keep it playful and keep it enjoyable and just no pressure and like, I love what you said about your little one doing the scribbles and you say yes that's brilliant I always say 
the first thing before you even mention letters and numbers is you want to teach your children that self-belief. You want your child to pick up a book and believe that they are reading it, even if you've read it to them a hundred times and they just remember the story or picking up a notepad and, you know, I, I'll write the numbers. I'm going to make the numbers for my shop. We want our children to have that self-belief because when they don't, it makes learning so much harder. And uh, we want our children to have that self-confidence and that self-belief that, you know, I can, if my tower falls down, I can sort it out for myself. And if I need to, I, I need to read this sign. I'll have a go at reading this sign. And it's that self-confident. Just, it just opens so many more opportunities in this amazing world for our children. Um, yeah, so keep building Thank their you. confidence. And when they, when they bring you those squiggles, you celebrate them because they're so proud of them. Um, and they, it's a really important step to learning how to write. So it should be celebrated. Thanks, Emily. And I feel like you've imparted some amazing tips for everybody listening. Thank you so much. Because that was really insightful. Just giving give us some new, fresh ideas to play with the kids for the next however long it's going to be. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, um, it's, I know it's, it's, it's really not easy at the, at the moment, guys. So if, if you are finding it hard, we all are, you know. I do, I do this 24-7 and I'm finding it hard. So just... It's not easy, but um, yeah, I hope I'm hoping some of my tips may have just helped. But um, yeah, best of luck. Thanks. Bye. Oh, thank you. Oh, I love her. Do you know what? That's the first time that I've come away from a conversation like that and thought, yeah, I I feel like I'm doing kind of the right thing. Like some of the stuff she was saying we were already doing. And then the other ideas that she's given, um, I've actually done in the last couple of days since we had the chat. Like um, yesterday, I set the girls up in the the garden in the afternoon with all of the plastic bowls and cups and stuff. I set them up with a a fairy liquid bowl that was full of water and and bubbles and foam and then then a, a bowl of water where they could rinse and they just washed the plates for an hour. That's mad, isn't it? Because I was I was quite sceptical about that sort of thing working, but it does. Like, I mean, I haven't tried, I was going to do a car wash with Axel actually, like similar yes. to that. I thought maybe that would, would sort of spark his interest, but I did try, well, I made a bit of an error <laughs> with, the, with the messy play. I think I missed a step. So basically, she was saying, wasn't she, if you've got a little one that's still like putting stuff in their mouth, you should use food items for messy play. Yes. So I basically just went in the cupboard and I got out all of the bags of pasta that have just got like a handful left in them and poured them into a tray and some bits of rice and stuff. Nice. But then obviously they're rock hard. Oh, so yeah. she was putting them into the, her mouth and almost choking. So I think oh, shit, what I, what, I, what I should have done <laughs> is cooked it first or at least right. softened it first. So yeah. I think anyone who's got like, uh, you know, a kid under one, I guess, or maybe yeah. under 18 under months. Yeah. Yeah. Probably cook it first or at least make sure it's like squishy because yeah. that didn't go down well. And that was actually just a complete waste of time. But she actually loved it. But I had to watch her like a hawk yeah yeah of course like an absolute hawk so yeah but I'm gonna try that again for sure <laughs> um I also loved I loved all of her like kind of uh, 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 like her ethos behind like when I asked the question about you know what age should we should we be sitting our preschoolers down to kind of practice their reading and writing and she was like you shouldn't 
And I was yeah, like, no, yeah. Really, you know, you always think in your head, I don't know, I, I, like Luna's not even going to school this September, it's the following September. And I'm like, well, she must, you know, she must be reading and writing before she goes. It's like, that's what school's for. I, I want her to be outside doing like messy play and adventure play and role play rather than being like, right, can you practice number two now? Can you practice your letter, letters and numbers? It's just like, it took the pressure yeah, off because I've been, I do stuff with with Axel, like schoolwork, but we don't sit and sit down and do it. If that yeah. makes sense, so I do learning with him because he is going to school in September. Yeah. But it's packaged up as something else. Yeah. The only thing that I found, Dar, that he actually loves and asks to do is the iPad, but that's because he doesn't get to go on the iPad to do anything else. Yeah. That's the only yeah. thing he has. Yeah, that Homer um, app you were talking about was it? Well, I find I found a better one. The Homer app's got an American accent, and it actually became really annoying. Um, and because he obviously started saying all the words in an American accent and that isn't technically what do you want <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but I found we've, we've been doing reading eggs and it's really to, cute, to any of our American listeners really great to have you on board and we love you really <laughs> we do love you we absolutely do but I don't think Axel going to school with an American accent will go down too well so right. um, so yeah we, we changed it over anyway but reading eggs I'm loving reading eggs at the moment um okay. it's really good it's you know he's loving it as well it means he gets half an hour on his ipad in the morning brilliant so, winning yeah. winning winning so right, should we get into exactly. our let's do it definitely i know what one of yours is going to be this week <laughs> we'll talk about kit on the scooter so we got we got this scooter from um from amazon about a month ago because i wanted to give him a scooter for his birthday which is next week but i just he kept stealing lunars so i thought right now's the time um i'm going to do a swipe up link for it but it was about 40 quid so it wasn't expensive so you know, some of them are like 120 quid and i was like, i'm not spending that much on it um the yeah. wheel the wheels light up the handlebars come up and down so when he grows you know the scooter can grow with him and he is loving it within the space of two weeks well i don't know if you saw the video today but he's loves it absolutely loves it so it's a great present so i'll, I'll so we'll, we'll, put that, we'll put a product um the product swipe up for you yeah we're gonna get back to doing that actually all yeah. of the products that we mentioned on here we will put on the instagram highlights just so you can refer back but anyone who's got a two-year-old um, should definitely get one. Oh yeah a scooter yeah. is the best yeah. gift for a two-year-old yeah. we had we got axel one he still goes on it now yeah. like yeah, yeah. this is you know almost two years later um so for me something that is getting me through the day is snacks um when we first started this lockdown i was like right i'm gonna be you know making all the snacks i'm making hummus i'm making all this stuff well no that's not happening anymore i've bought basically a load if you know those organic snacks so they yeah. do like crisps and they do carrot bars and they do all sorts of stuff um i don't know how how good they are they say they've got no nasties but who knows because we've set up a little tuck shop like you did so and axel gets two pounds to spend a day in the tuck shop um and it means he can basically have four snacks out of it throughout the day and it's yeah it's going down really well and it's making you know he's not having 10 snacks like he was (laughs) (laughs) Axel loves his snacks Um, the next one isn't really a product it's just an idea that we've been doing over the last couple of weeks with Kit again and we really wanted to um, start showing or start kind of giving him an interest in in books in reading because we read to the kids every night but we were sort of not doing that with Kit and just putting him straight to sleep so I was like what can we do that, that gets him involved so we've come up with this story basket in his room 
So basically, it's just a basket that I was using for the loo roll and I've put it into his room and then we stack up loads of books in there and then every night we I rotate them every day so there's different ones for us because otherwise it gets seriously boring. And then he just goes, I go, right, Kit, you can choose three books and he goes over and he goes, this one, this one, this one. And then we sit down and read them and then he goes to bed and it's it suddenly clicked in the last couple of weeks. He wasn't interested in them before, but this is a really good way of kind of getting them involved in the choosing process, uh, in the selection yeah. process. And he's loving it. It's really great. So yeah, story yeah, so nice when they get involved with books, isn't it? Yeah. Um, we're trying to sit Gigi down like with Axel when we read, but yeah. obviously she just crawls around and pulls his yeah. and stuff at the moment. It's a bit too young. It still. is a good. Yeah, it's just a good habit to get into, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so this is the last product for me, and it's a bit of a cheats one. I don't like baking really. To be honest, I love cooking, but baking and measuring and all that sort of stuff is just not fun to me. Um, so I've been um, buying like those Jane Asher and Betty Crocker cake mixes. Yeah. Um, so if we're ever bored on an afternoon or Axel like, Axel seems to be obsessed with donuts at the moment, always asking for like a donut or if I just fancy a little sweet treat or whatever, we'll just get one of those cake boxes out and it kills like 10 minutes probably. <laughs> 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 anything to kill 10 minutes yeah and then we put it in the oven and then he's really excited when it comes out and we might you know we, we might jazz it up a bit like I mixed one the other day and made a marble cake instead it was just a normal plain sponge but I added in something else to make it a bit nicer Amazing. um but yeah, they're, they're great. And you don't, obviously don't need to buy loads of ingredients. You just yeah. buy the one box. So yes. Nice, like that. Um, and then the final one, it ain't pretty, but um, it's <laughs> it ain't pretty at all. Obviously, the knits have come back this week in my house. And thank you to everybody who sent me messages about what I need to do. Um, this is the fourth time that I've had to completely de-knit the whole house. And this time, <laughs> Georgia... When I was combing through my hair, I wanted to be sick because I hadn't seen them before. And then obviously they were all coming out. So we, after lots of attempts, Nitty Gritty seemed to be the, um, the, 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 the brand that came out the most popular when I asked people. We've got the Nitty Gritty um, hair treatment. We've got the comb and then I've got the resistance spray, which we're spraying on the kid's head every day. I think what I wasn't doing is doing a treatment and then doing one seven days later. So I will keep you in the loop. But the Nitty Gritty one actually smelled like proper, you know, when you were ki- when we were kids and we had to have our hair knitted and it was like the smell of it. All the other ones were too nice and I was thinking these nits aren't going to die when it smells like vanilla they're going to love living in they're this going to love it <laughs> so anyway um, thank you and I will keep you updated but nitty gritty for the win for us for now <laughs> for now oh, it's making me itch just think oh mate it. shave your head just do it um, listen yeah. that, is, that is it for, for us for this week we're going to be back on Tuesday with another episode for you thank you so much for all of your messages throughout the week keep going we are with you even though we Absolutely. can't we can't be with yeah. you in person and we love you all and um, as always you can rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and if you want to leave us a little five star review that would be lovely yes please and if you want to drop us a message it's at made by mummers or on Zoe's channel at Zoe Hardman and we will see you on Tuesday see you then thanks for listening to the podcast we know times are very difficult right now and if you want any more information about coronavirus go to nhs.uk slash coronavirus planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.